Hello and welcome to the Football Podcast, the only place for all your European football news. Today, I'm your host, Spencer MacDonald, and my co-host for today is Mr. Colin Wright. Good afternoon. I thought we'd start off with today's show with the news that Crystal Palace striker Andy Johnson has pledged his future to the club. He signed a five-year deal, he's aged 24. You may remember earlier in May he asked if he could leave the club as he was worried about his place in the England lineup. Sengoran Eriksson has said that it will not affect his chances of getting in to the World Cup lineup. Carl, Andy Johnson staying at Palace. Let's be honest, right? He may have got 21 goals last season, most of them were penalties. So, 21 goals in the Premiership, it's not really a true value in my opinion. Do you think he's right to stay at Palace? Well, I mean, I think it's Palace's only chance of coming back up again. Um, like you were saying about his goals, I mean, it's, it's a, well, he finished second in the league with the most goals after Thierry. Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, it looks impressive on paper, doesn't it? But when you look at the details, it's like probably 50% of those were penalties, weren't they? And, uh,. In a game in a game like this, you can't really rely on just penalties to, to get your goals. But um, I don't know. I think Crystal Palace seems to be the right level of football for him. Uh, it's a good player, but I just don't reckon he'd make it in the bigger teams. Okay, thanks, that, Carl. Also on the transfer front, Sunderland has signed Alan Stubbs from Everton. He's been released by Everton. It's on a one-year deal with option to extend it by one year. He's 30 years, 33 years of age, so hopefully he'll do well at Sunderland. As we have reported to you before on the football podcast, Michael Owen is set to leave Real Madrid. This is due to him being fifth in the lineup of strikers at the Bernabeu. Carl, there's been rumours of Michael Owen coming back to the Premiership, which seems obvious really. I don't really see him going to another Spanish team or City or whatever. There's been rumours over the weekend that Man United and Arsenal were going to buy them, but Arsene Wenger has said, no way, we're not buying Owen. It looks like Man United have no interest in him. They haven't actually come out with this yet, but it looks that way. Plus, they've got loads of strikers anyway. But it seems that Newcastle can bid for Michael Owen. They can easily afford the £11 million to bring him into the club. Do you think it would be the right move for Owen rather than Newcastle? We know Newcastle need a striker. They've bid for many players. Mark Faduka, Nicholas Anelka, and haven't got any of them. Do you think it would be right for Owen to come to Newcastle? Well, to be honest with you, Spencer, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, Owen is one of those players where, you know, quite a few people rate him and quite a few people don't. And, uh, you know, it's hard to make up your mind with that. Um, I don't know, be, I, I would personally like to see him at a better club than Newcastle. But saying that, he could probably help Newcastle get back to their winning ways, top five of the Prem. Um, but um, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a, it's a hard one that because his his performances vary, and you you can't you can't really go by him. So I don't know. I reckon Newcastle. I reckon he could find a better club personally. Yeah, I agree. It seems like it's a better deal for Newcastle than for Michael Owen, but obviously, if he wants a first-team football, he would get that at Tyneside. We're now on the topic of Milan Baros. We've mentioned him before on the football podcast, where Colin said he didn't rate him at club level. 
and said that he's a risk for most teams to take on. It looks like Everton might try and sign the Czech Republic striker, has had their eyes on Andy Johnson, but now, like we just said, he's, he's turned out the move to Everton and stayed on at Palace. Um, Schalke obviously turned down the offer. He wanted, Schalke wanted them on loan, and Liverpool weren't going to accept this. Carl, Milan Barca, Everton. It's Everton and Liverpool. I don't really see Liverpool going go and have him. But if Liverpool aren't going to play him, he might as well go Everton. But do you think Everton's the right sort of club for a player like Milan Barca? Well, you look at you look at him when he first started for Liverpool. He was uh, one of those sort of players that you really didn't really have a clue about how good he was or you know where he come from. But uh, and after his European performance, it gave him a sort of status that you know I, f- I feel was a bit too uh, too big for him. He, he's I don't reckon he can perform as well as people rate him after that European performance, especially at club level. And um, yeah, I mean it's, it's a hard one because if he goes to a club like Everton, Everton, sorry. He's he's just going to go back to being that unknown player again that no one even really thinks about. Yeah, true. His place in the Czech Republic squad might get affected by that, but don't really see that happening. He's well rated. On the subject of Everton, they actually lost five nil to Fenerbahce. It's not be funny. It's a, I think Everton actually finished with a negative goal difference last season, but they weren't getting hammered. Um, Fenerbahce, you may remember them getting thrashed by Man United six two last season in the Champions League. Do you see this as rather a poor start to the pre-season? Do you think this is going to put a downer on their season, Carl? Well, for one, if like if I was David Moyes, I'd be very worried. I mean, <clears throat> let's face it, Fenerbahce isn't one of the stronger teams in Europe. And uh, Everton are looking to uh, make their mark in Europe this year. But with performances like that, especially against Fenerbahce, um, I can't see him going that far myself. Uh, no, neither can I. I think they're actually going to struggle to get into the Champions League, but I wish them all the best. Well, now we'll talk about managers, and Gordon Strachan in particular, Celtic manager. Um, he's been His club's been in a problem at the moment. They, ju- they lost 5-0 in Champions League qualifier, to be- I believe, to be a Slovakian team. And they drew 4-0 against Motherwell at the weekend, but they were 3-1 up. Carl, do you think Gordon Strachan is going to get the sack from Celtic Football Club? As we know, Celtic, on the domestic level, think, you know, it's success all the time. It's Celtic and Rangers all the time. And if they're not going to compete, surely he's going to get the sack. Well, I mean, it comes after a rather disappointing season last year, um, losing out to Rangers in the dying, uh, dying stages of the league. Um, perhaps perhaps, perhaps the, uh, the motivation is... Uh, Oh, sorry, the lack of motivation is carried over from last season in the team. But um, on the other hand, you could uh, put it down to the fact that, you know, they near enough changed the whole starting 11 now. They've changed, what, eight eight starting players now? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, for, that's that's quite a big amount of players to uh, to get the team spirit going. You can't rely on, uh, you know, three or four other players to get the team back to winning ways again. But um, as as for Gordon striking, I don't know. I mean, it's early days, isn't it? But Celtic, what can you say? They're a Scottish Premier League team. <laughs> yeah, I think that is all you can say, Carl. This weekend, the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff plays host to the FA Community Shield. 
The Community Shield, formerly known as the Charity Shield, was started in 1908 when the reigning Football League champions, Manchester United, played Queen Park Rangers, then the Southern League champions. This year's contest is between Arsenal, the FA Cup winners, and Chelsea, the Premier League champions. Carl, although it's just a charity match and it's merely just a pre-season run-out, I expect both teams to put out quite strong lineups. maybe a few youngsters in there. Um, Carl, Arsenal hold the record of 11 outright wins in the Charity Shield. Do you think Arsenal will make it 12, or do you reckon Chelsea are going to win the Charity Shield this year? It's a, it's a tough one to call. Um, I mean, as you said, you got to look at Arsenal's record in the competition, and it is fairly impressive. But um, on the other hand, you've got Mourinho, who wants to... Who wants to fill his trophy cabinet at Chelsea? And uh, I know you don't actually, you don't actually mean anything to the club winning the Community Shield, but it's still another trophy. And Mourinho, being the being the manager, is probably wants to go out and win it. So um, I don't know. Judging by both teams' performances in uh, mid-season friendlies and uh, warm-up matches. Uh, they're both both doing really well. I mean, Arsenal hasn't lost a game, I don't think, in the Amsterdam tournament. Uh, Chelsea was slightly harder competition with AC Milan, but um, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. It, I reckon it depends. Merely depends on how strong Mourinho feels his side, whether he wants to play all of his first team players or not. And I think that'll have the main effect on the game. Thanks, that Carl. My money, I have to say, I think's on Chelsea for the charity show, merely just because their backup squad is very strong. Okay, thank you for listening to the football podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you join us again next time. Like I always say, if any of your friends are in the football, don't forget to tell them about us. Okay, it's goodbye from me, Spencer MacDonald. It's good it's goodbye from me. Take care and thanks for listening.